Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of It's a Bames Life podcast. Today I've got with me my cousin, my wingman, my brethren, (laughs) (laughs) and we're going to be talking something different today. Um, So introduce yourself, Andrew. Um, My name's Andrew. Yes, Ella is my crazy ass. Older cousin uh, that you know. Why do you gotta say older? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a young bull in the game, but you know, Alice has the mantle of the crazy one to take away the heat from me. I, I'm crazy, but at least I'm not. It's like okay, he's crazy, but at least he's not that crazy. So you know, it's comfortable. But yeah, no, I'm from Wales. Um, a musician, uh, so-called activist now nowadays, uh, fashion designer, uh, and a writer. That's that's me. Brilliant. So, what are we going to talk about today, cuz? Today we are discussing what we believe are going to be the differences in our parenting styles compared to our parents. Um, and just like, just want to talk about raising kids in general, I think. I think it's quite an interesting topic. True, true. Considering I want to have kids soon. Yeah, you're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be coming on my podcast insulting me, bro. I'm joking, I'm joking. No, but like, on a serious level, it's mad, isn't it, when we think about how we were raised. I mean, we were raised differently. Yeah. Even though we're from the same family. Yeah. And we've turned out pretty similar. That's true. So I don't know what that goes to say the different bringing up that we've had. But what what would you say that you liked about your bringing up? Um, hmm. I think I always liked the sense of sort of, I don't know if strict is the right word, but I, I like the focus on academic excellence. I put it that way, um, that. African parents. So I we always say African parents in these topics, but no, Nigerian parents. Because it's different. Africa is incredibly diverse. But yeah. you know, Moroccan parents are not going to raise their kids. So, so I'll say specifically Nigerian parents. There's obviously a focus on academic excellence, um, which is not always kind of pushed in a in an appropriate manner. You know, sometimes it's too much pressure, and sometimes it's an over reliance on academia, and people don't like. Academia is not the be-all and end-all of life, you know, you need to still be a well-rounded person. But the general focus on, you know, making sure there's not many people, there's not many Nigerian people I know from my friends or wider network who are not good academically or not, you know, like doing something good with themselves. And I think a lot of that stems from our parents always kind of pushing us, um, sometimes to breaking point, admittedly, but when when it's good it's good and obviously it, it feels good to to achieve you know good grades and whatever even for yourself and to make your parents proud so i think that's one aspect of the upbringing i like i also like more as i got older 
um, with my mum, we have very, we do have a very open relationship. I think in terms of my life, like in terms of events, not necessarily always how I feel. I don't really always tell people how I feel, but in terms of if I have any kind of, you know, actual issue, not related to like me or my well-being, but in life or if I have to say something, I can always go to my mum, like no issues, no qualms, no matter how bad it is, no matter how crazy it is. She knows most things about me um, and that open relationship is something that we've built for a while and something that I really value um, because I always say I don't know if I, it, I, it would really be difficult for me if I didn't have that relationship with my mum because, you know, certain things you go to your friends to, you might go to, I don't know, your romantic partner to, but to be able to go to your mum for something and have that kind of wisdom, that comfort, that advice from a mother is, is like, can be priceless sometimes. So I think... I completely agree with you. And because I'm the opposite to you, where mm. I didn't have that open relationship yeah. with my mum growing <laughs> <laughs> As everybody knows in the family. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and that was very tough. I mean, we talked... The other night when I was saying that when I first went to therapy and even though the therapy was shy, I was still going. Because yeah. um, I didn't have that person to kind of come to. I wasn't in a, well, I wasn't a romantic relationship, but it wasn't like a relationship where I could go mm. to at my problems. We were both in uni, we were both in the same boat. It's like yeah, me yeah. telling you your problems is basically just telling you your problems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it didn't really work. <laughs> um, so yeah, I now... Getting older, it's something that I have made it my mission to have that open relationship with my mum. Just because mm. I look at my siblings and I think, how beneficial is that? And yeah. it is a lot different now in our household where we can all just sit down and be chatting with my mum mm. about wild stuff that we'd be getting up to. And she's like, bro, like, you people are actually doing this stuff. <laughs> and we're like, we've been doing it. <laughs> But, you know, the relationship has opened more and I think she has more of a respect for us that yeah. actually we, we even though we were in situations where we probably would like a motherly figure or even mm. just a parental guidance, yeah. that we still were trying to use our head to get out of it. And <laughs> she's thinking, how have you got, especially me, how have you gotten yourself out of some very crazy situations? <laughs> Yeah, I think it, I think that also comes naturally and gradually with age. Obviously, yeah. As you get older, like your parents have to start seeing you and respecting you for your as as an individual, and not just their child. Um, most of the battle of of parents and children really is a battle for freedom. Yeah. Um, that's how I see it. You wanting to get your freedom, and your parents kind of having your safety or your security as their priority or just being anxious or worried about you and then it's kind of the tension that arises from that so once you get older and obviously you just have your own freedom as an adult i think 10 i i reckon the general trend is as you get older you probably get a better relationship with your parents unless like significant like in that's just generalization yeah. unless something obviously significant happens that changes that dynamic but yeah naturally as you get older and they get less stressed about you, you know, you're your own person. Their I think the improve. more kids they have, the less they give a shit after a yeah, while. Yeah, because they're tired, man. <laughs> like, by the fourth, third, fourth kid, you're done with, like, parenting. See, like, so much of the parenting responsibilities is past the older siblings. Yeah. Because they're just tired, man. Tired of all the beatings that they used to give us. <laughs> Bloody yeah. hell. 
Yep, absolutely, man. I used to get my ass whooped. That's what see. That's one thing that I don't. I don't have. I don't hold any kind of grudge to my mum for beating me. Nah, that's you know, it's her choices, her parenting style, whatever. But I will never hit my kids, man. Same, I agree with that. I think I won't say I will never hit my kids. Nah, I know for a fact I never would. I, a little smack on the bum is as far as I'd go. But even at that, you'd really have to push me to yeah, the edge. Yeah, it's like if if you have to get to that point, there's already something that's gone fundamentally wrong, yeah. wrong in in the process of parenting, because your child should know when is. When just from your tone, not even forget tone of voice, just by the look that yo, this is yo, I better fix up, I better pattern up because there's times my mum just had to look at me and I knew, whoa, I need to slow down. I'm the same, so even I, now, my mum looks at me sometimes and I'm thinking, fucking yeah, out. yeah, so I hope, about whoop my yeah. ass. <laughs> there's other ways, there's other ways around beating, man, because also, even. Forget like the morality of beating your kids. I don't even think it's an effective punishment. Same, I don't. I, I generally don't because eventually you become. I used, used to, to it. think, well, Mama don't want me to do this. I'm gonna do it anyway and just firm my beatings. <laughs> Literally, I knew I was gonna get beaten for. Oh yeah, I know it's coming, but the beating is worth what I wanted to do. Whatever I wanted to go to the party, whatever I wanted to do, and I go to the bar. I come home, my bang, 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 <laughs> get a little beat up. A bit of crying and have a great nap. That yo, that after when you used to get beat, cry yourself to sleep. Nice man, chilling. That sleep was so spiritual. Sweet. Yeah, spiritual. It's <laughs> like you and God are having a conversation, and he's like, "Yo, I told yeah. you the last time not to come back here." Once I got older, I started even pretending to cry just because you know I didn't want it to think it's not hurting. Ah, <laughs> ah, but really, I was like, "This is calm. This is calm." So it's not even an, it's not an effective punishment, you know. I completely agree. And that's not even like you know some Nigerian parents have gone to extreme pepper, or this or that. Some, some kind of Nigerian some punishments parents. you hear is horrible. It's not no, it's not punishment. It's abuse. Actually. Exactly. You need to call it for what it is. It's not. Some Nigerian parents think they're like in MMA. Like yeah, they man, think they're you know, It's all about disciplining your kids. Yeah. But there's a very thin line between. You know, discipline, punishment, and then abuse. There's very thin lines between all three of those things. I completely And agree. those boundaries get crossed often in, in yeah. households sometimes, very yeah. often. And sometimes you sit there and you think, the reason why I think, I mean, I say I'd smack my kid on the, on the bum, but that's not, I don't even know if I'd really do that, to be honest, because mm. I've got quite a strong tone of voice when I get angry anyway. Yeah, yeah. But like... Sometimes when I was younger, my parents would beat me and I wouldn't even know what the reason was. Like, I have yeah, absolutely yeah. no clue as to what I did wrong. Yeah, like, yeah. the times where I've, I've been bad and I know that beating has come, I know, okay, right, I'm getting a beating because yeah. I went out, blah, 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 blah. But then there's times they're just, like, shouting just at you. Out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and man. you're just like, what is even going on? Mm. Like, you're beating me and I don't know why you're beating me. I'm not sure you know why you're beating yeah, literally, me. Literally. And it's just like, what is this? What is this? Yeah, it's like violence perpetuates and the yeah. parents beat them and then it's just the cycle continues unless someone chooses to break it. I completely agree. I, I don't think beating... Did your younger siblings get as many beatings as you? My yeah. little sister, Rachel, has never Same. been like... Faith, Faith has never been beat. Rachel does not get touched. That girl has zero marks on her <laughs> body. My brother's got zero marks. 
Um, I would say out of five of us, me and Chelsea got the most beatings. Mm. But we're also like strong heads. Yeah, yeah. We're also the type of people who will say it as it is. Like, if you're beating me, I'm still going to tell you you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> and this is the other funny thing that I saw growing up at parents is like, okay, they've struggled, they've come to Europe, they want to give themselves a better life, they want to give their kids a better life. Yeah. And then you're sat there having a conversation and correcting something and they get angry with you. And I'm like, but surely the whole point of you having me here is that we have a different way of life. So why aren't you listening to me exactly. when I'm telling you that this is, this is actually wrong? <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a, like I can prove it to you that it's wrong and that's the thing that's that's another thing comes back to where I think there's going to be differences between probably what second well what's going to be our children are going to be yeah. third generation, generation immigrants right is um the sense that I don't know for, for sometimes it felt like parents feel like they're infallible like, yeah. like like they can't make a mistake because they're your parent but it's like you're a human being you're gonna make mistakes and what what I disliked sometimes about my mum is how like she would go to the depths of anything to to not accept or or yeah. recognize that she's made a mistake and it's not you know it's sometimes in a Nigerian household when they know that they fucked up it's not an apology it might be oh what do you want to eat yeah that kind of stuff but it's like that's not really right you feel because if I have fucked up you expect an apology, apology. from me you feel me but when you fuck up you want too much pride or too much sense of you being a parent that you don't want to apologize when you're wrong you're wrong whether you're my parent you're my friend you're my teacher and that's i want to be able to if i'm wrong to my child i want my child to be able to challenge me and say listen dad this your point of view or what you're saying or how you're thinking or your behavior is wrong and they should your child should have every right to check you exactly it's not that's what i mean any kind of challenge is deemed as disrespect this that's not disrespect you know you know when someone's disrespecting you you know when someone's saying look this isn't like this isn't right you know what i mean like in a respectful manner but this isn't right but as soon as you challenge your parent anyway before it's it's madness you know aunties uncles family members are being phoned and the story's getting misconstrued and exaggerated you're being it's the vilification yeah. you know like they they can vilify you you know I mean? make you seem like you're an absolute crazy child you they should be locked up yeah literally like you're an absolute menace broke. to society yeah 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 literally you know, because I maybe I didn't wash a few plates. You know what I'm saying? And now I'm the worst human on the world. You I know? know. I don't. I'm not grateful for coming to this world. I'm like, yeah. I did not write you a letter. And, and another thing is, is like, kind of like, there's a specific type of blackmail. I read it somewhere, but it's a specific type of like parental blackmail where they say like all the stuff I've done for you. Yeah. Blah blah blah. blah is wait, I'm <laughs> I'm your child, and it's your responsibility. responsibility. You cannot blackmail me because you've parented me. How is that fair? All those things I've done, yeah, all those things you've done because you're my mother. Yeah. yeah. And you have to do those things, you know what I mean? You know, by law, unless you want to lose your children. 
So, I completely agree with you. The times that I've sat down to my to my mum and said, "You're supposed to feed me. Exactly. You're supposed to give I me shelter." I put a roof over your head. Well, yeah, yeah, what, yeah, you're supposed <laughs> to. Do that. And also, if you don't, you also don't have a shelter over your head. So yeah, exactly. Last time I checked, you're not sleeping outside for me to sleep inside. <laughs> We're all sleeping in the yeah, house. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's just like, why? Why do you think that? You doing your job as a parent means yeah. that I now have to like oh, lay, my life. Yeah, yeah. lay myself on the table yeah, for you. No. Or, and, you know, they try to steer you in a certain direction. And I agree with the academic stuff. I, you know, thankfully my mum did, you know, drag my ass into school. Mm. I quite like school anyway, but I wasn't too keen on going to uni. But mm. I did it in the end because of her. Mm. Um, and, you know, I'm using that degree now which is good, so I'm happy with that. Yeah. But that was a battle in itself because when I wanted to go to uni, it wasn't what she wanted me to do. Yeah, same. And, and that's, a, that's another conversation. So you know, it's one thing getting... Deferring gets... from what your, the parents' aspirations are for you. There's a famous saying goes in Nigeria house, or you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, or you're a failure, fam. Nothing else exists. And what we need to, again those kind of stereotypical ideas of jobs that you know your parents might want you to do wait come on this is 2020 now exactly you have content creators you got youtubers you got people doing bloggers yeah. millions Podcasters. of jobs which were not literally not non-existent in their time yeah so they don't understand it but these people are making money doing what they enjoy doing what they do they need to understand that there's so many more viable different career paths now exactly. aside from the traditional doctor lawyer you know, medicine, Same. dentistry, whatever. Like this, we live in a modern world. Where you can make money just sat at home from your computer, from your phone, and it's understanding that more is it's not about you choosing your career path. It's about supporting your child and they, you know what they're strongest in or what they're exactly. most passionate about. And do they will flourish. Exactly, you you do better or something you actually enjoy doing. That's just common sense. You feel me? You're forcing your child to be a lawyer, and they're so unhappy. Seeing therapists behind you, you you don't know how much they're yeah. sucking their soul to do that. But it's even like, even with that, yeah. The last time, because obviously I didn't become no lawyer. My two sisters who've gone to uni ain't becoming no lawyers. <laughs> then she had my brother, who she was adamant was gonna be a <laughs> doctor slash preacher. I don't know oh, where she dear, came. She's, <laughs> she's a bit. She's a bit far off. <laughs> she's, she's a bit far <laughs> And I sat down with my mum one day and I said, How much does a doctor make on average? And she said, I don't know. I said, How much does a lawyer make on average? So I don't know. I said, Okay, so you don't even know how much these people are making. Because there are doctors out there not making money. There are lawyers out there who are, you know, doing what they enjoy in the law firm but actually not making that much money. Like, yeah. all they're thinking about is their big. Doctors that you yeah, see on yeah. television talking about, you know, a pandemic. Do you know how long it takes to get to that level? You're not just going to walk out of university and have a job of 50k a year. Like, exactly, it exactly. doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, it happens to some people, but the minor- it's very, yeah, very yeah. few people yeah. that that will happen to. Exactly. And I said to her, okay, you haven't actually done your research about what a doctor makes, a lawyer makes, the yeah. different type of doctors... How do you then expect us to just be coming to you and go, yeah, I'm, going, I'm just going to be a yeah, doctor? Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, again, another thing, and this has come up a lot um, 
uh, around like the whole BLM conversation about the importance of education is like mm. you need you should be knowing all your children's teachers yes. exactly what your kids. If I ask my mum, mum, what A levels did I do? One hundred percent, she would not be able to tell me. Neither would my mum. I know for a fact. Or if I asked her, um, mum, what was my dissertation title? She would not be able to tell me. Same. Or even if I even if I probably asked asked her mum, you know, name me some of the books I've told you about that I've read. She would not be able to tell me all of these act things I've done academically and you wanna push me but like you don't you don't care to know the details. But exactly. it's important, you know what exactly. I mean? Like how can I challenge the teachers in my kids' school if I don't know their teachers, I don't know you know what I mean? if I ask mum to name me my all my high school teachers, she'd tell me my head of year and you know, because everyone knows him, Mr. Jones. She'll tell me my head teacher. She couldn't tell me who my teacher, like my actual teachers were. My mum wouldn't be able to tell you anything. I mean, my mum, they didn't know who my mum was until the my final day in That's high school funny. when funny. I received a award for best student. Wow. They had, now bearing in mind, she went and called all the aunties and uncles. Oh my God, you know, my daughter, she's gotten um, student of the year, blah, blah, blah. That was the first time my... My teachers met. My teachers met um, my mum. They had never in 18 years of me schooling met my mum. I mean, when it came to parent-teacher meetings, my mum used to say to me, are you going to get in trouble? If I said no, she'd be like, cool, I'm not coming. Hey, yo, parents' <laughs> evenings. Woo. Yo, parents' evenings. Yo, them teachers, you lot were snakes. <laughs> <laughs> some of these teachers was some of these teachers I would see them in a lesson in the day. You don't you're not even gonna give me a heads up saying, listen Andrew, it's not gonna be a great one. You're smiling they're smiling up in my face and I come parents evening. And you know when teachers do that long sigh, they yeah. <clears throat> Mrs. Organ. Andrew. Andrew Andrew. Brilliant student, brilliant brilliant student. And I already, when I know they've started with that, yeah. I know oh, this is going left. <laughs> They're just doing that to, to set the tone. But this is brilliant student, I must say. But loads of potential. They like that one. Yeah. Loads of potential. Loads of potential. But a very big distraction in class. <laughs> very hard to keep in focus. You know, tends to influence the classroom a little bit, be a bit of class clown. And they're just talking about naked. Yo, the pounding. I'm gonna get Yo, those teachers used to see the pain in my eyes and ignore it. I knew that they knew. And my mom's looking at me saying, mm. they just, you know when they're not even, they just making sounds. They're not saying anything. Mm. Man. Okay. Mm. Andrew. Andrew. Okay. You. You. Distraction, eh? <laughs> okay. Don't you worry. Will see. Don't you worry. You will change. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you will see. You know. You will see when we get home. It's okay. It's okay. You will see. I will have a talk with him. Don't worry. I will have a talk. And you know, I will have a talk. Does Yo, not mean I will have a talk. You're bad. You're finished. You're oh. bad. Crawling in the house. Like, mom, mom, I can explain. Yo, I hear yo. Some teachers just had it out for you, man. They used to love that potential line, potential line. But um, nah, that's bad. You have to be active. Be active. Be as active as your kid. Uh, you know, is comfortable with you being in their life, man. Especially when it comes to academia. Cause sometimes it it, it used to like used to get to me. Used to irritate me. Not so much now. Where I'm like, 
when I do well, um, you're flying my flag, you know, to your friends and family yeah. friends. But like, you, you don't even know half the work I've put in. You just see, you're so focused on the result no. that you ignore the process. You don't I'm, know what I'm, I've actually had I to go through to get I think that's one thing that I'm definitely going to change um, when I become a parent is that I want to be part of that process. Yeah, because yeah. that process is what gets you to the finish line. If there's so many cracks in that process, yeah, the likelihood of you getting to that finish line is very slim. And, 100%. you know, even when I was in uni, I saw a lot of people drop out and they wouldn't tell their parents that they've dropped out because yeah. they were shit scared they're like i hate this course i don't want to do this course blah 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 and i'm like go and do something else and even one of my friends i'll never forget the day she dropped out of uni she basically wanted to defer a year because mm. she was like I'm, my headspace is just not here for it she'd gone through a lot yeah. you know the summer before coming into uni and um they basically told her it was cheaper because we went to uni in ireland so it's a bit different to the uk mm. they basically told her it's cheaper to just like drop out and come back next year mm. so in no thought process she just said okay i'll drop out as soon as she walked out of that office and she said i've just dropped out of uni me and my friends were like hey <clears throat> Well finished. Yeah, yeah. Because not only are you gonna get ripped, it's a reflection on yeah. Now they're gonna come for us and say, So none of you stopped her yeah. from dropping out. So you don't want your friend to succeed. <laughs> yeah. That's your plan, Abby. Yeah. And then your parents are coming and I said, I'm finished. <laughs> I literally sat there and go, You have killed me today. Yeah. And I said, How are you gonna tell your parents? She's like, I'm just gonna ring up on the phone. But I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stay here for a while <laughs> because I need things to cool down yeah, yeah. at home. She rang dad. Dad. I mean, we could hear him screaming, and the phone wasn't even on speaker. Uh, he obviously asked who else has dropped out. She's like, she's the only one. He was like, eh. uh, so you want to be, be the only one? Oh, no way. Yeah, uh, I've walked for uni now. You don't want to go, and he was like, stay there. I was like, yo. You need to get a job because <laughs> we can't afford to live in this house without money coming in. Uh, but like, it, it took her years and eventually she actually graduated two years ago. And she graduated in a course that she absolutely loved. She did biomedical science in the end and she's doing stuff in the food industry. And she's, you know, when she talks about the different things that she does in the biology field you can tell that she's so passionate Passion. about it yeah, yeah. compared to when she first started and was doing i don't even remember what she was it was some <laughs> random ass yeah. course and it was just like Parents, not happening man, don't try stop trying to live your own desires and ambitions exactly. through your children man like they're their own individuals no matter how much you might want for them you might want them to succeed cool but don't put parameters on what that success looks like you feel me Exactly, because everybody's abilities are completely different. Exactly, exactly. A lot of people are not cut, like, I don't know why it's always the academic route. Um, yeah. A lot of people are not cut out for academia. You can't, for you can't force it, you know. You're better off suited, put them in an apprenticeship, put them yeah. in a craft. There's so many, it's not, the only option isn't study, uni, doctor. Like, there's so many options in this world if you just open your mind a little bit. Um, and also what I say to people is, you know, the blessing we do have being in the UK or even in Europe in general, so you can go to uni at any time. Exactly, exactly. It might be that right now, I want to do an apprenticeship in this field. And it might be 10 years down the line, and I said, you know what, I've been doing that now, and I've started to do the books 
at work, I want to go and do accountancy. Yeah. And it's because I've done that practical bit, I'm kind of ready for it. Yeah. I mean, I did business studies and 90% of the students were mature students. These are people that had already gone off, were probably already working in various different fields in banking, finance, all that kind of stuff. And they were just like, finally getting the degree that they wanted. They were like, uni just wasn't for me back then. I wanted to get into the workplace. I wanted to understand. And the funny thing is, they had a better understanding of what we were learning because they're living and breathing this every day. So those were the people that I was still going to and saying, do you understand what the hell was going on in (laughs) economics? Because I don't fucking know what he's on about. And they're like explaining it to me in like layman's terms so I can understand. Okay, yeah, now I get it. A little bit more. Not everybody, you know, is cut out to go to uni at eighteen. Yeah. Not everybody's cut out to go to uni anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's uni is, you know, you often obviously see the glamorous side. Of course, there's there's the parties. There's fun, but uni is one of the places that when when it when it's bad, it can be like the worst place to be at. You know, like when it's bad, there was some dark dark days for me uni man. So tell me about it. um, and again, a lot, a lot of parents, not no slight to them. Obviously, we're some of the first people in our family to have even gone That's to uni, uni. so yeah. they don't necessarily understand the experience that well. So I think we all have that sim. If our kids do go to uni, we will have that, that sympathy, sympathy because we 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 went through it. You yeah. know what I mean? But with parents, sometimes it can be hard to explain to them. It's like you're with all your friends or your people. You're having a good time. You have your own place. You have your. But it's like yeah, but you know, it's not always. I remember my mum just thought that I was going to a uni and studying a course that I wanted because I wanted freedom from the house. And I'm like, you're not. So when I rang her and said there was problems, she was like, well, you wanted freedom, now you got it. I'm like, this is, (laughs) what are you not understanding of what I'm saying to you? I didn't say I want to be disowned. (laughs) You know, let's reel back some of that parental guidance, (laughs) mum. But yeah, it's crazy. Um... I definitely think that, obviously being pansexual, the likelihood of me having a child through natural parameters is as broad as not. Mm. And one thing I definitely will be doing is, however way I have my child, unless I'm having IVF on my own, Mm. both parents will be involved. I think that's really important. And I will be choosing very carefully who's planting a seed <laughs> because Important. some I'm, I'm just some of these nigerian men are mad yeah <laughs> they'll just be doing spam donor anyhow <laughs> <laughs> just donating donating uh, donating you don't even know where my man is yeah. but you know what um it, we me and my friends have been talking about it a lot. i am very scared to have kids at the same time mm. i think I, I feel like it's such I want to do it so much justice. Like yeah. I want to do the parenting. I want to actually be a great parent. That I want to be as like ready as physically possible. And I couldn't think of I'm, I'm nowhere near that right now. Not even close. And and everyone wants the you know I want the whole. I would love the whole settle down, married, then you have your kids. But it's not always gonna work out that way. And then it's kind of like how are you gonna handle that and co-parenting or baby mama drive all this kind of stuff that could potentially happen and bringing up a kid in this world is scary man obviously the world the world is is crazy it's crazy right now it is it's only getting crazier 100 you know we i don't know i feel more divided now at the moment than we have felt with the whole blm stuff going on i feel Mm. like 
people who not necessarily are racist but people are scared to open their mouth and talk because i am black yeah. they're like every word they're thinking so deeply into every word i'm just like can you just say the <laughs> sentence please so we can get because you're actually wasting my time now yeah yeah so people are so scared and moving mad in a way it's just like people mm. are dragging people and Obviously, you know, both of us are we're on social media, we're prominent figures in, you know, the activist world as well. We've got police looking at us like I know when they're looking at me. <laughs> they're waiting for me to stand up on stage. They're like, Yeah, she's back again, yeah, you know. Yeah. And it's crazy and to think that I'm gonna be bringing up a child potentially in that limelight scares me. Yeah, Because I have seen where it can go really wrong. I mean, we there are celebrities, I'm sure we can name a lot of them, who we never get to see their children. And all of a sudden, the child's 18, and you're thinking, well, I remember when that child was born. Yeah, I don't blame them. And, and, you know, I, I don't blame them either. And the child's done absolutely fine. And then you have... But you also, in the same light, have kids who grow up in the limelight who are absolutely fine yeah, and who true. are not. Yeah. And it's just like... It, it's making sure that I pick the right route for me and my child in the future yeah i think for me i'm not scared of being a single parent really no i'm not i think i've just because i had it in my mind that i will probably never settle down that that's what i'm saying to think. <laughs> i will probably never settle down to be in a long-term relationship to have a kid and i'm not waiting for anybody because twice now i've waited for people been ready to have kids and then they've just like bounced yeah and i'm just at this point i'm in my life i'm just like you know what if i get into a relationship and i get pregnant i'm keeping it if you want to go and be doing your madness do go do your madness you will co-parent you will be paying child support 100 yeah. i will i'm ready to knock down your house <laughs> i will be especially if you're a black man i'm going to church on sunday saying praise the lord shegun and I are having a child. <laughs> Everybody is going to know. So you can't be a deadbeat in silence. <laughs> no, yeah. you're not going to be a deadbeat in silence. You will pay your part. And I will let your child know that this is your dad. He's an idiot, but he does pay for X, Y and Z. Mm. End of story. And I think I'm ready for that. Maybe that's because I grew up in a single parent home. Yeah. And my mum did do a really good job with all of us. All of us are, you know quite decent yeah, human beings definitely. you know we're not trying to get put in jail yeah. <laughs> but yeah I'm, I'm i'm ready for the kid life not right now so don't nobody get no ideas <laughs> sliding into my dms another thing i think which i didn't even think about until obviously the the whole blm stuff kind of came up is the lack of kind of not necessarily radical but the lack of a like a black education i guess yeah. even at home that i had and that's no no kind of like shade on my mum. That's you know that's the, the journey and battles we and she was going through. That's you know you're not even thinking about that. Yeah. That's the least of her worries. But now I think like I want my kid to to know who he is, know yeah. you know his lineage, where he comes from. I will really do my best to instill a sense of blackness into them from early. And it's kind of coming to debate because some people I'm speaking to are saying like you shouldn't really expose your kids maybe to to the idea of race and racism at such a young age. But I'm like, if you don't take the responsibility to do it, just like any type of education, yeah. like sex education, if you take it upon yourself, you can save a lot of potential trauma and stress exactly. on that kid if they found out in a way that's completely traumatic or throws them off. 
you know, I don't want my kids' first realization of being black to be being called, you know, the N-word in, in school or something, exactly. you know, when I can, in a way that's, you know, relevant and suitable and appropriate based on my child's age, to start to explain to them, listen, this is who you are, this is the type of person you are, and because of this, things are going to be a little bit different, different you yeah. know? And I think it's important. I think I'm thinking it would have saved me so much of the stress that I had to deal with eventually if I had had that from an early age. I completely agree. You know, because sometimes your first instance of even knowing that you you don't even think about black and white, you're just people, you know, like and and sometimes the first instance where you become race conscious can be re- a really, really traumatic, traumatic one. Yeah. I will say I'm thankful that my mum did make that very clear mm. to us growing up that listen. Same. You, Same. You are but I mean, we didn't get a lot. But of... It was. It's more kind of, in 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 the way it's done. Then it's more like you're black, so you're gonna have to work ten times harder. Like yes. Um, it's that kind of thing. It's almost but... like put your wall up because people are gonna come for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not nuanced. You know, yeah. it, it, it's just kind of like you're gonna have to work a lot harder to get to where you want to be. With all of this is not. It's not a lie. It's the yeah. truth. Um, but there's a lot of that that's missing. I was not told. All I know is I'm black, which means I've got to work so much harder. And, you know, yeah, you have your defence mechanism yes, kind exactly. of up, always, you know. Yeah, I think I definitely will be doing that. But you touched on something that I want to talk about as well, is sex education. Mm. I'm 100% giving my kids sex education. Yeah, nah, yeah, it shouldn't even be a question. <laughs> because... I don't know why parents get like cooler about They were really weird about like, sex grow education. Grow up, man. <laughs> like you, like grow up. You have it has to be done. Exactly. Like, whatever manner way you want to deliver that message, it, as long as the message gets delivered. Exactly. And I think um, one thing I'm definitely going to be talking to my future children about is the different type of relationships that can be out there. Yeah. Because that's something obviously being part of the queer community that I had to actually figure out on my own. Yeah, exactly. Because I was not taught yeah, about sex. Yeah, you're conventional, obviously cisgendered, yeah. heterosexual, man, that woman, woman you um, know, monogamous miss, yeah. relationship. Yeah. And, you know, here I am, almost 30, and I'm more into poly relationships. I'm more into open relationships. I'm pansexual like seen as being like deviating from the norm exactly and i'm you know non-gender conformer i don't even you know my pronouns are usually they them and to me that's quite normal to my siblings because because i figured that out quite early on i started teaching them about it so to them that's quite normal so i'm sure they will do the same thing it's taken my mom a very long time but even the basic you know man and woman conversation was not had i mean how many times can we say we saw our parents kissing but yeah there's children coming everywhere as as a rule like i've seen on twitter people talk about how they've genuinely never seen their parents show affection to each other and how it then affects their ability to show affection as they get older and it's true, like some how many Nigerian children can say we've seen our parents kiss? There's there's that like public and private yeah. gap that they never cross, you know. But yeah, there's babies coming every year yeah. and I'm like, well, what how is this child even yeah. appearing? Like I don't understand what's the process yeah. to get to here because I've the only time I see kiss, see, yeah, you know, the only time I see you talking is when you're trying to hit my man with a pan because he <laughs> he's not giving money for food. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? And I'm thinking, what? This man got you pregnant? How does that happen? And yeah, no, I'm definitely going to be having that conversation with my kids about 
sexual health and things like that. I mean, all my siblings, before their first time, came to me. Yeah. And that's because I was very open. I'm, I'm on purpose in your face about it in my yeah, mum's yeah. house because I know all the stuff that I suffered not knowing. I was just doing stuff and thinking... Uh, see what happens and yeah. I'm really lucky to not have a not be a baby mama <laughs> but everything I had to learn was like I had to go and read books I had to go and educate myself because yeah. I was like this can't be all bad you know yeah. I remember the first time my mom was like hey, you're a woman now if a man touches you if a boy touches you, you're gonna get pregnant she did not explain to me how touching that meant. So now I'm in the playground in primary school, running away from all the boys. I'm like, I'm not letting, you know, when the teacher pats you, I'm like, don't go. I'm starting to go wild and they're thinking, there is something erratic about this child. And I remember the first time a guy sat next to me on the bus going home and the bus kind of swerved and he like tipped onto me I was crying the whole way home. I was kneeling down, begging Whoa. for forgiveness. Yeah, because I did. Because all I knew was that yeah. if a boy touches me, I'm getting pregnant. Yeah, there was yeah. no explanation as to where he has to touch me, what has to happen. I just knew if he touches me, I'm getting pregnant. So I went home genuinely believing that I'm pregnant. And my mum was like, you're not pregnant. That's not how a boy touches you. And still no explanation. <laughs> oh, God, so, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so now I'm even, okay, yeah. so he can touch me on the yeah. shoulder. So how am I going to get back? <laughs> now looking back, it's crazy. But I tell my siblings that story and they just laugh because, because I'm so open about it now with them and like, we talk about it and things like that. And I'm open about what I do and yeah. all that kind of stuff. They can come to me whenever they want to and talk about it and mm. they find that scenario so bizarre yeah but even when i tell my mum how traumatic that experience was she's like well you're not pregnant now are you so as far as i'm concerned <laughs> job done like, you're not understanding the point yeah yeah don't run away from those difficult conversations exactly. from your children no matter how uncomfortable crude or how much you don't want to have it you have like if they don't learn from you, they'll learn elsewhere. And that elsewhere is not always going to be a, a good way exactly. or a good method. I would always rather it be me. At least the initial thing, regardless, your kids are always going to have to go through their own process. No matter how much you tell them, how much wisdom you input, some things are only learned from experience. You know, yeah. you make, make your own mistakes and learn from them. But I'd rather all the initial conversations be from me and I give them as much as I can from me and I'm saying, you know, the rest is up to you to figure out when the time comes and it's your choice, you know. But again, yeah, you know, that kind of sense of man-woman monogamous relationship is all that. And again, it comes from pressure, especially yes. more on, on, on women in Nigerian yes. households. When were you married, you know, 23-year-old or 20, when were you married with, like, where's, why? Why is this pressure necessary, you know? But like, and this is probably where and, and African parents. A lot of the time parents, they think it's all fun and games, but it's it's not. It's hurtful. Every time someone says, "Whatever you marry," you start on, to man. think, "Flipping ass, there's something actually yeah, wrong yeah. with me." 
and I went through that phase and now I'm at a phase where I really don't care yeah. and this is probably where I do start to get disrespectful especially to those aunties and uncles that don't know how to mind their business yeah you're trying to tell me to get married you're telling me to have children yet yeah, yeah, you've got seven dysfunctional <laughs> about four dysfunctional relationships in a row you've got seven kids by seven baby daddies <laughs> Six of them, you don't even know where they are in the world. Yeah, it's crazy. One is paying... Yeah, some of these aunts and uncles, I'm sorry, you are not qualified, fam, for the, to give this advice. You're, you don't have the qualifications, man. You don't have the minerals. You need to go to Yeah, TV. you don't have the minerals. That's what I mean. Sometimes we sit and listen to some of these aunties and uncles' advice and, and they really think that you're stupid or that they have some kind of superior wisdom that you only unlock with age. And I'm like, listen, you are chatting and genuine rubbish. Anybody <laughs> over the age of 10 can recognize that you are chatting rubbish, but they think it's gospel. Yeah. They get it so feverish. Fire. Yeah, fire. In their body. <laughs> Yeah, so these aunties and uncles are not qualified to be giving advice and be wary with your children who you're telling to speak to them and give them advice because they are not qualified fam they are feeding your kids rubbish and family members like be careful around the energies you bring around your children because a lot of these people are actually feeding making the situation worse worse. much much worse rather than you know this kind of it's, it's a cultural thing because a lot of the times dispute in Nigeria is talking about like mediators, you yes. know, so, someone that's respected from both sides of the family and they try. So sometimes you have a problem with your parent and, you know, you're getting pushed through aunties and uncles no, when just speak to your child directly. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, why should just this auntie and uncle me. know my business? Yes. Sometimes, sometimes you don't even know that they know. You speak to an auntie and uncle and they're saying, ah, I heard, I'm thinking, what? why is my information even being spread like this, bro? <laughs> Come on, man. You know, when Facebook is, you know, I don't, I don't consent to my information being sent to aunties and uncles. It's like, there's a level, there's, the one thing I've noticed a lot with Nigerian parents is that their lack of, respect for personal space and privacy yeah like not everything i tell you needs to be discussed anywhere else not everything i tell you needs to be discussed with another member of the family if i want that member of the family to know i will speak to them exactly don't go spreading the information and then on top of that because if it is the reverse it's a madness (laughs) the amount of times you've had i've had to hide parents secrets even just madness I'm not home. Yeah. I'm looking at my mom saying, No, Auntie, no, she's not here. She's just popped out. I don't know when she'll be back. But it's not always the same when it's reversed, you know me? Ah, uh, it's not good. It's respect your child's privacy sometimes. Exactly. You know, sometimes your child is coming to you in you know in com- in confidentiality and maybe hard, but you you have to otherwise the first instant that your child feels that like you've broken their trust, how how often are they going to come back, back to you? Come back to you again, and that's where things can exactly, really spiral you know, out of. And you you get some parents and you you know family friends that and you know the kids or whatever, and their parents' perception of their child is lit. Like I, I can't put into words how it's the opposite, and you think how can you not know no. your own child? Like Did you're saying this. And everyone in the room knows for a fact that is not <laughs> the case. That's crazy. Somewhere, 
I don't underline your parenting is fucked up. Because you're saying, my son, he can never. But he was. He's been doing it. And you know, and they're the same people that will come and speak on your case. And you're bare looking at them like. If only you, you knew. Are you serious, man? Because what I'm doing is mediocre <laughs> to what your kids are doing. 100%. And they don't have a clue. Nothing at all. They're just thinking, my son is the best. My daughter. Ah, never. Never. Ah. Mm-mm. Never. Never. Could you. Never. God forbid. I know. Hey, God is watching. <laughs> thinking, what? I don't know about all of that. <laughs> He's up there having a bit of a chuckle to himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't know about this one. <laughs> We'll see you on Judgment Day. Yeah, man. Yo, and, and, and it scares me. It really scares me same. to think that someone's perception of your own child, someone you you live under the same roof with, and you don't know that child. You don't know him or her. You don't know them. I just think, what? how do you even get to that point? Because... It can't, it's a level of comfortability where parents mm. think, yeah, I'm done, I've done. Especially as your child gets older, you think parenting is, is ne- it never ends, you exactly. know what I mean? Like you, and you should always have that attitude that... There's always more work to be done, more learning, more unlearning, more relationship building. It, it never ends, you know, you're always going to be a parent. And it's like, once you hit a certain age, sometimes your parents are like, mission complete. But it's like, no, if we're like on a, re- on a timeline of life, we're nowhere near, you know? I might, might be the age where I started reaching more of my own freedom and independence, but we're nowhere near, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's crazy how parents get to that point where they just think, Job done, you finish uni, blah blah blah. Well, uh, yeah. Good luck. Off, off on your own. Yes. Let me know when the first <laughs> check comes from your job. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, what? Like, are, are we not gonna like sit down? Are you gonna help me with my CV? And the other thing that annoys me, and I'm I'm kind of glad that we're our generation, like you said, both of us are the first two in our family to go to university, and then the rest are now starting to go to university as well, and. I'm glad that I will have a level of competence yeah. with my children in the future because yeah. sometimes you're going to your parents going, Mom, Dad, I don't know what to do about this or I've got a work problem and they're just thinking, those people, they're just racist, don't mind them. It's <laughs> like, I swear yeah. it's not a racist thing, yeah. like, I really don't know the job. <laughs> like, I'm the problem. <laughs> It's not the system this time. It's on me. It's on me. And they're just like, whatever. And they're not even like, you know, there would be times where I would be doing work or I'd be doing reports and my mum's just looking at the paper like, what's this? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, explain it to her. She's "Mm, okay. I just walked so. Of course, this is no, this is no fault. Like, as I said, more than anything, especially, um, being you know second generation immigrant naturally most second generation immigrants are going to be more educated than their parents just because of circumstance you know a lot of our parents left education at a young age because couldn't afford it or whatever for whatever issues so with a higher level of obviously education and understanding you know naturally there's going to be a higher level of of competency which is why i'm really i'm going to be so fascinated to see how our kids are going to be because they you know, God knows what's going to be, the world's going to look like when we're raising kids, but us being, you know, going through a process, I think it, I think the third generation immigrants are going to be like studied a lot. I think yeah. eyes are going to be on them 
to see what happens. Because we have, we still have the remnants and the understanding of of the you know the first, still that connection yeah. to first. But it's also like I hope the there's not like a level of disconnect between third generation and first. Yeah. Because that is a huge, huge gap. gap. That is a huge gap. You know, like huge. And you know, there, there might be a disconnect between you know grandparents and grandkids because they're not. They might be like, what the hell, you know? Like it's completely different. We're, even we looked at that now. How often has our parents gone on rants about this generation? And and they some things they genuinely can't wrap their mind around some of the things we like to them it's baffling and to yeah. us it's just like this is just regular yeah. stuff you know and normal. there's gonna be times where we have that with our kids i'm gonna be like what and they're gonna be like it's just normal i'll tell you one statement i am what i will be saying to my kids i did not kill my mother nah, you no, will that not one. kill me that's a classic that's a classic <laughs> yeah there's a few lines i'm gonna borrow man you have to borrow you have to borrow um, there's definitely my kids are gonna know they're african 100%. Yeah, they have to. i'm gonna they be have telling to. them it's more now more than ever it's important man yeah People are losing, and that's one thing I am grateful to my mum for is that she always kept me kind of strong with my African roots. Yeah. Whether it's going to visit or I'm asking her about a culture, tell me more about Benita. I always had a natural curiosity as well, but yeah. she also, even just down to playing Bini music around yeah. the house. Same. So keeping that sense of who I am quite strong, quite firm, and, and it's now you have to, now more than ever, you gotta make sure your kids don't completely assimilate man and they don't even associate themselves with african no more because there's probably some second generation immigrants that don't really have an association whatsoever well, with yeah that. there's plenty actually i, that I, know, I know i know i know a don't lot really have a connection with with africa they would just say yeah i'm british or i'm irish and that's it like yeah and they genuine i'm like bro do you not sad, yeah. do you not look in the mirror like what are you what are you seeing because yeah. i'm seeing black and you're not and that's problematic to me yeah like, I'm not saying you need to be, you know, out here with your drums and <laughs> hanging in the field. Yeah, but you got yeah, to know where you come from. Yeah. <laughs> nah, you got to, yeah, of course, you yeah. have to. How many kids would you want, ideally? Mm, I think I would want just two. Two. I'm not trying... I'm also one thing that really Fs me off with African families. What's the, why are you having bare children when you can't afford it? It's cultural thing again. Having plenty, pl- is is a fear of not being looked after. This yeah. stems from they want plenty of children to think that I'm gonna be looked after. But one of them, one of yeah, them should will, care. Yeah, will care for me. Um, which is which is a weird thing. But the That's- reality is, if you looked after the ones that you have properly, there would be no reason for them not to look after you. Yeah, exactly. The more kids you have, naturally, the more stretch your energies yeah. and finances and. All the rest of it, um, and that's another thing I wanted to touch on. I think what is going to be different of our generation is also the understanding that our parents suffered so much financially because of their responsibilities to back home yeah. and looking after families back home, and you know sometimes having their kids here in in Europe or in the wherever in in the in the Western world they are suffer. Yeah, and and you know I have even a worse off to look after family back home who just see you as you know like a money machine. machine. They just think once you're in Europe or, you know, in the West, whatever, that's it. You've hit the jackpot. Yeah. And it's like, of course, my circumstances are considerably better than yours. But I am how you're poor or working class in Nigeria is how well, we're well, working well, class in here. the UK. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just because it's more money in comparison to you, it's not money here. Yeah, exactly. And that is really a drain. And that's something where, and what happens is then that drain kind of, it's like a knock-on effect where... Yeah a lot of Nigerian parents expect their children to look after them. And I think 
in in a lot of British or white or European cultures, it's actually the reverse. You know, you have grandparents who are looking after grandkids, yeah. then kids, all of it, you know, like mummy and daddy and grandma and granddad's money, you feel me? And it's like I hope that our generation is able to be like, you know what, I wanna I wanna leave my children wealth, not take exactly. money from them. Exactly. I wanna be able to, you know, my kid rings me up and I'm nice. I can be like, Yeah, you know, you need a bit more cash for the deposit for your house. Yeah, yeah. I got you. You need this, I got you, rather than it being me ringing my kids, you got your first paycheck, yeah, yeah. where's my money, you feel me, is that, I think it's going to reverse. I definitely think it's going to reverse, and it's funny you should say that, because we, we had this conversation with my mum a, a few days ago, mm. and my siblings and I were all sat there, and she was saying to us, you know, when she's older, I was saying to her as a joke, like, have you sorted out? what you're actually going to do when you retire. Like, where, where are oh, you going to yeah, live? Okay, and she said, um, I'm going back to Nigeria. Mm. First thing my brother said was, what are you doing over there? Like, you've been gone for how many years? Yeah. Fair enough, if you want to go, that's fine. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. And then she was like, well, you all are going to give me money. And we all kind of looked at her funny, like, bruv, what are you on about? She was like, yeah, like 500 each a month. She, she said she wants from yeah. you guys. Exactly. I said, do you that's think? Money. That's a lot do you of money, think though. if I had five hundred pounds from how many years ex- what like five? Yeah. <laughs> two and a half. Like grand. two bags. Yeah, Jesus. I said, how do you expect us to do that when, at the moment, I don't even have five hundred pounds spare, and I'm you know in a pretty cushy job. Yeah. I don't even have that spare. And that's not me even, like, wasting money on anything. Yeah. And she was like, hey, you guys, I'll pray for you guys to get better <laughs> jobs. And I was like, what? Yeah, no, 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 man. Yo, prayer <laughs> is not putting food on my table. Sorry, exactly. you feel me? It's like, have a plan, man. You know, I don't want I don't want to be a financial burden on my kids. I exactly. get it. it I, I get it, but that's, that's, again, just differences between the generation. Exactly. I mean... There's nothing stopping us from saying, oh, you know, mum's back home, she's getting her pension, blah, blah, blah. Let's surprise her and all oh, that front door she's been meaning, we can, like, pay for it yeah, together. Like, you, I have no problem with that. But not that heavy expectation. And it's a, it's a very heavy burden. It's a heavy expectation. And they expect it every month. Yeah, like, it's a genuine expectation, you know, like... And again, that's like seeing your child as sort of, like in a way, as, like, profit. You yeah, know, it's like an investment. Put, yeah, as an investment. That's why I keep telling African and, parents, and, and we're And some of them will say that to yeah. you. So many times, uncles and aunties jokingly said to me, ah, I'm, you know, I'm inv- I'll invest in you, I'm investing in you. But it's like that, that comes from, a, a, like, a, kind of like a malicious place, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, what do you mean you're investing in me? It, invest in yourself, bro. Yeah, exactly, you know. Go sort your life out. Yeah, like, I'm, regardless your child, if, if they have a good relation with you and they love you and whatever the circumstances, they, they, they're going to they're gonna nice you. They're yeah. Gonna look after, like, I'm obviously going to look after my mum, but it's, it shouldn't be my expect, like, expected of me, you know. Yeah. And then it's so frowned upon when that's not the case, when, you know, friends, you know, don't give their mum money and the, the mum sees them, you know, you, you got new McQueens on your feet, yeah. but you ain't giving your mum money, you're going to get slandered. You know what I mean? And it's... I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong, but it's within. It's your money. It's your exactly. prerogative. What you do with your money. If you want to spend it yourself and all your money, that that should be your choice. It's not it shouldn't be something that you're looked down upon as a child for. But sometimes as well, these African parents just want your money for the sake of wanting your money. Yeah. If yeah. you have a genuine need for that money, and I've got it, 
then I will give it to yeah, you. Yeah, of course. If you just want my money for the sake of saying, I gave you money, I'm not giving it to you. You have no need for that money. Yeah, yeah. I do. I need to buy a house sometime in the future. You know, our generation will be, for, more, for most of us, the first generation to have property to in the homes, yeah, outside of Africa. Yeah, that's true. So, I'm sorry, that's where my money is going. Mm. So, unless you actually need gas and electric... I'm not giving you 20 yeah, just quid. For sake, yeah. <laughs> just for the and sake of it. And it's not even 20... It's not small money <laughs> that, that the people are asking for or expecting. It's not small money. It's a lot of money. Yeah. You know I mean? 100 pounds, 300... But again, it stands on the fact that they have had to look after their parents in Africa. So they they take that same... Well, I've brought them to Europe. Yeah. I've, you know, I've laid... I've sacrificed. It's seen as a sacrifice. And it is. It is to a certain yeah. degree. But that sacrifice shouldn't have to come with expectation because it's not really fair. At the end of the day, I was just, I was not there when when this happened. You exactly. know, like oh, I, I'm a child. You you can't put those kind of parameters on the the children. You know, they don't know. I don't know what you had to go through to get here until you tell me, and I have that empathy. But it's like that shouldn't come with any kind of expectation. Exactly. You know? Just like anything else. But um. It, I'm, I am, I am excited to see what our our kids are, are gonna come out with. It, I think they're gonna be a brilliant generation. It'll be a unique generation. I feel. How many, how many kids do you think you'll have? I want four boys, man. Four boys. <clears throat> no girls, man. Sorry. Why? Just because you grew up with all girls. I have. Yeah, I'm an only boy. Our family is a lot of only boys. My cousin, Elliot's brother, is also an only boy. Uh, cool. So you want four boys? Four boys. Oh, I, I say that. Let me explain my reasons. Firstly, I've grown up around women my whole life. I'm an only boy, so you know, need some masculine energy. I need some testosterone. Secondly, um, <clears throat> I'm really afraid of uh, not striking the balance between obviously having my daughter's safety and all that in mind, and not being super strict that I'm like repressing her or oppressing her. And I think I'll be able to find that balance a lot easier with a boy than with a girl. Because it, it, that's just how I feel, you feel me? With my sisters, a bit different. Because both, both my directly younger sisters, eight, who are now 18, have autism. I haven't had to go through that being protective. I have in a different way, yeah. but not in terms of like boys and all that kind of stuff. And them just going out and about. With my little sister, she's 10, so she will get there eventually. And I'm going to have to see how that goes. So I already think of how kind of protective I feel about my sisters thinking my own daughters, I won't be able to let them leave the house without <laughs> they'll be out with their friends again and be like, what is that dad? <laughs> I'll be fucking in a bush like <laughs> you know what I mean? When my sons I know like I it's like, you know, I ran around crazy and I came out kind of fine. So I'll be able to strike the balance. Um but at the same time a lot of people have said to me that I would be great with a daughter. And I think I would. I think I would. I think you'd be great with a daughter. I think I would. I think I would. But, yeah, I'd rather boys. Four boys. Oh, imagine. Four little androgans running around. Jesus Four organs. Christ. Damage. Carnage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving countries. <laughs> Absolute carnage. Um, I don't know if I would have boys or girls. I mm. think... Um, I don't know. For me, I just... I don't mind whichever one I get. Obviously, I grew up in a house full of girls as well yeah and that like annoys me because mm. until i moved out I, I went and bought a hair straightener not because i can straighten my hair just because it's mine <laughs> wow 
Like, I've never used my hair straightener once. I mean, Afro kinky hair was. <laughs> what am I straightening? <laughs> but it's just the fact that I, I have it. Exactly, because I had to share everything. Even when I wasn't finished using it, I had to share. It's a good show, you gotta learn to share. I share a lot now, sometimes to a a default of myself where I'm giving stuff out to people, and then the (laughs) next day I'm like, I actually need that. (laughs) But I think. I think I would like a boy and a girl if I had That's two nice. kids. Yeah. A nice little balance. I think I'd be able to handle both sides because mm. I'm quite masculine, but I'm also very feminine yeah. as well. In the same way about giving them a black education, would you really um, explain like queer theory and that kind 100% of stuff to them? Well? To them yeah, 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 yeah. That's again. These are things now that are becoming. Before it's kind of like, oh, that'd be nice or beneficial, but now these are like necessities, exactly. essentialities. And I think I would let my children decide quite early on how what they want to do so you see all these gender reveal parties i'm not here for that like mm. if the doctor's telling me you're having a girl okay cool but i'm not going to be dressing my child in all pink oh come on we need to move past exactly that. i'm like, gonna yeah i'm gonna buy what i think looks nice on yeah, my kid like regardless, you know I mean? yeah, yeah. and if my kid wants you know an action man for christmas that's what she or he will get if they want a Barbie doll, that's what he or she it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that they're gonna turn out gay, or you know transition so or worried. anything like yeah, that. People are so worried. People see a boy playing with a Barbie, they're like, no, ah. exactly. I'm and like, it's like, relax. Really? Yeah, yeah. Come on, man, relax, man. I can't. You know, I don't. I used to play with Barbies all the time. I was just and about I'm, to say, I'm my he- brother. I'm heterosexual as hell, man. I love women. <laughs> But and even I my would, brother, yeah, he was an only my boy. My bike was um, groovy chick. I had a groovy chick <laughs> bike and helmet. Shit, like, I'm not concerned. It's cool. <laughs> like, if I like it, I like it. I wasn't fussed. I like brats. I used to like brats. They were cool. Brats are cool. Yeah, so I was silly. I'm pretty sure we used to dress my brother up and play, like, princess <laughs> with him. That's really funny. The four of my But he is heterosexual. I... I think he's worse than you when it comes to chasing women. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> he does not want... He's n- no interest in men whatsoever. <laughs> he's like... He does say he's like, if if gay was something that could be put on top of somebody, he should be the gayest man on earth because we used to put makeup on him. We used to dress him up. Exactly. We used to, you know, play with yes, him. People, like, please don't get into that way of thinking. Your exactly. child, your girl playing with trucks or a boy playing with babies is not gonna have an effect on the agenda exactly uh, i didn't play with no toys yeah i used to take out the you know the barbies that can talk yeah i used to take out the voice box why and just play with the voice box some somebody <laughs> called a psychiatrist here please <laughs> what <laughs> i'd like to report a potential serial killer <laughs> what who on earth does that to take out the voice box and just play with a box? That is alarming behaviour. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if your child does that, you run, you lock yourself up in a room and you ring the police immediately. Because you are not safe. They can... will take out your voice box and start playing with that in your sleep. If you're not careful. Listen, I was just intrigued as to how things work. That's cool. Yeah. That's... I love seeing kids. Kids are so curious, man. Yeah, I was a very curious kid. I yeah. love... And I, 
and I'm probably that's why I'm so introverted is that I can get so bogged down in finding out how all the little int- things of something works. Yeah, yeah. And I forget what's happening around me. But then when there's chaos, it really frustrates me. Yeah. Which is why I like my own space, so that's going to be happening soon for sure. <laughs> but I don't know how I'm going to do it. Like, how, you, how do you deal with the moving out situation? Because another thing with African parents is you, there's a time limit. You and you and your Nigerian parents, I should say. You and your Nigerian parents. I'd be surprised to see someone in their parents' house, Nigerian, if not for like a circumstance that's put them there beyond the age of like 23, 24. Yeah. Very surprised. It's like the age they wanted to move out is quite early to kind of because a lot of them left home very and and you know left home not just left home to move somewhere else and they left home and mm, move countries, countries you know on a whim so they have that expectation you know you come to uni what are you doing in my house man you know me my mom's like once you graduate you're gone right and it's fair enough I think I would not push my child out but I will definitely try and urge my child to to get the independence as soon as they can 100% I think uh, when necessary but at the same time again another thing I noticed with British kids is they'll stay in the house longer not necessarily have to pay rent because their parents don't ask them to save up though you know four or five years three and a half years even sometimes even two if you have a partner maybe even two years of you both saving next thing you know they got enough for mortgage of their own place yeah whereas if you move out early you're renting and how much can you really save when you're renting but you know what, and I think um, a lot of African kids would stay at home if they weren't paying rent to their parents. Mm. Because some of these parents are crooks. Yeah, yeah. They're charging phenomenal fees. Yeah, yeah, which is like... I yeah, don't have £10 a pounds with... for a plate of rice. Yeah, well, where you... do you think this is like? Yeah, yeah, it's not like... I still don't really know how I feel about parents charging their kids. I think, again, comes back to if there's a necessity of it. If you are finan- if your parent is financially struggling and you can support, then you should. Yeah. But if there's no necessity of your child to be paying rent, I'm not going to charge my child rent. Same. If I'm nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, if I'm the, financially The thing that I always say to parents is, so you've looked after this child and they've lived under your roof until they're this age. What's the difference? Yeah, now? yeah, literally. What's the difference? But then, in the other hand, I have seen parents who, you know, will charge their kids rent, but actually they don't spend it. Yeah, that kid see. is saving up for a mortgage, not even realizing yeah. that that two hundred quid that they're giving to their parents is being we kept. Said, yeah. And then you know, when it comes to that deposit, your parents are like, "You remember all those times I took rent? Yeah. Here's an extra blah 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 for your for your mortgage or." This will pay for like the furniture in the house yeah. and stuff like that. Things like that, I'm absolutely all it's for. Great, yeah. But when I when you're charging me rent, and I'm still goddamn cold in the house. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. that's not okay. Yeah, yeah. We definitely. need to have a conversation. <laughs> we need to have a dialogue. Yes. Because <laughs> you're not alright. Yeah, yeah. And I will be disrespecting <laughs> you. I'm not trying to be cold. Yeah, man. I think for me is understanding my message like parents are not infallible you know we we are humans parents are just as prone as making mistakes as their kids as much as they think that they're not and yeah just being honest man and being open with your child as much as possible um without obviously traumatizing them you know don't be telling them shit that's too crazy or like yeah. you don't need to exactly. you know every, like use your head you know what i mean like you know what's appropriate Probably. and what's not appropriate you know and and just follow suit but I'm excited to be a parent. I think I'm still a while away. I'm only 22, so 
five years, six years, maybe. But um, yeah, I'm close. So. I think I'm quite close. I think I'm that kind of. No one, one like obviously my older sister. I am an uncle. My older sister has three kids, but she still lives in Nigeria, so I don't see them that often. So it feels like no one in like the close yeah. family has like had kids or anything yet. So be really cool. It'd be crazy. Crazy ass family to be bringing kids into our family, I tell you that. I don't know if I'd be the, the first one. The Bengals, Ekatos, Ogans. It's too many of us, man. <laughs> there's so much going on with our kid already. <laughs> Could you imagine if there's parties we'd have as parents? Yeah, it's so like weddings, sad. like, can't think. First, none of us would be like, gone. We're married, yeah. That's crazy. Let's be realistic. If I'm getting married, the likelihood that everybody's turning up is. I don't think it's that slim. I it depends how which which person. If there's a popular member of the family, you'll get at least at least even just thirty five percent of family is a hell of a lot because our family is yes, everywhere. Yeah, and it's huge. So yeah, if it's a member of the family, everyone likes. Yeah, everyone's coming. Everyone's pulling up. We'll Your wedding, everyone's coming. Yeah, pulling up. I'm coming hundred percent on my bullshit day with my uncle shoes. I'm gonna wear the uncle shoes and square toes. <laughs> Tie the belt under your stomach. And creepy uncles, man. Keep them creepy uncles away from your kids, man. Mad inappropriate creepy uncles. Do you know what? I, what Mad I... inappropriate. And aunties, no, it works both ways, yeah. man. I had some aunties hit on me before in the past, man. Do you know what? I think we're so much more like vigilant. Yeah, yeah. Compared to our parents, I yeah. think our parents. I know, like you know, it's not hate towards them. There's so there was so much going on when they first arrived that they don't see a lot of stuff yeah, going exactly. on. I'm so vigilant, even with my siblings, as yeah, to how people to are looking at them. You know, if somebody's looking at my siblings funny, you're not gonna know when when that box in the face is coming. <laughs> you you really and truly will not know. Yeah. Cause yeah. I'm an, I'm gonna finish you. Yeah. Don't that's look the at best them way. funny. You have to be vigilant with your kids. Yeah. And you've got to be. You've got to notice if your child becomes uncomfortable when a certain family member is there or a certain auntie or uncle is there. You need to be asking questions. You need to, and that's why we keep saying you know it's important to have that dialogue with your children because mm. if that dialogue is not there already. How are you going to have yeah, that conversation with your kid? Yeah, you know, they're, they're going to not feel comfortable yeah, in that situation. Or you actually doing anything about it. And also, kids listen a lot to what parents say. So yeah, how true. parents will discuss another situation that what? children will, those yeah. kids will know. I remember my parents, my mum used to say, you know, girls who get raped in Nigeria is their own fault for looking enticing. And for a long, long time, I was very self-conscious about how I looked. And I would go out... People misgendered me. I would be dressing like your boy from the Bronx. I'm saying, like... <laughs> Timberland <laughs> boots. Look at the impact that just has saying that it's, had on you. Yeah. Like, it took impact. years for me to, like, kind of come into my own and appreciate my body how it is. And now, even when people are being inappropriate, I can stand up for myself. But... Mm. I could have been there a hell of a lot quicker had my parents actually said, you know, it's not right to rape somebody, full stop. Yeah, yeah. You know, no no situation makes it okay. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I tell my siblings now. Be who you want to be. Yeah. If someone is trying to get with you for no good reason, yeah. report them. Yeah. They don't need to that's be... That's the thing. 
Yeah. You know. That's a that's a common thought of um some Nigerian parents is kinda like clipping the wings of the yeah. kid, like rubbing out your child's individuality to yeah. turn them into this kind of like, you know, robot that you're living your life through robot of academic success but nothing else. It's yeah. like I want my child to be their own individual person and, and again you're not always going to agree with who who that person is or it's not always going to make sense to you because you're a completely different person but why like I shouldn't I don't have to be the same as you for you to respect me you exactly. know respect our differences and respect that even though I'm your child I, I do have my own autonomy and my own individuality um, and I think our kids would definitely have a strong sense of individuality at least I, I, you know, think I say our, our kids our generation but ours definitely will yeah, uh, I, I think it, we're very different now in our generation. We've all kind of just got our own thing. Yeah, going on yeah. That. I think I once I hit a certain age where I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna unapologetically be myself, and whatever happens, happens. Same. And eventually, gradually, like every like it's it's always gonna be fine. I first just get I oh, got a tattoo wall in my house. My only speak to me for three months. Pearson, same. Uh, drinking, smoking weed, all that kind of stuff. But eventually they just realise, you know what, that's just them. And no matter how angry you are, you can't change somebody. You exactly. can You can drive yourself mad with anger and that person is still going to be that person. 100%. So you, need to, you need to learn to let that, let that shit go. And I think a lot of people in our generation need to start doing that as well. Be unapologetically yourself. Because until we all start doing it, yeah. this... Gener- this generation of parents barriers. Yeah, are yeah. not going to get it because there's some doing it and there's some not doing it and I, you know, when we go back to the, you know, not knowing what your kid is doing, there's so many kids that I went to uni with that I just thought doing an absolute madness and their parents thought I was mad <laughs> and they're in church every Sunday going hallelujah shouting louder than everybody and I'm thinking and the, is that thing is very dangerous because if it ever comes out and the whole illusion is shattered, it is it ruins the whole dynamic on both sides. You know, parents literally like, you know, this pure angel-like figure that you've built up in your head and your child gets shattered and then it's almost irreparable. You don't know what to do with yourself. Exactly. And then the child's kind of like, oh, fuck, my whole pyramid of deceit has come down <laughs> and everything's just finished. Exactly. Whereas if they were unapologetically themselves in the first place, then you saved yourself that drama. Exactly. And, you know, that also goes to queer black people as well um we're never gonna get past this stigma until we all start living our true selves and i always say that to people i mean you know what my mum was like when she found out everybody was scared when she was like when i said my mum wants to have a meeting with shit every big big deal (laughs) big family business (laughs) but you know, here we are two years later, my mum and I, we get on absolutely fine. Exactly, that's what I mean. The initial shock always wears off, man. And, and She found out I was can't. smoking, she was like, what the hell? I was like, you stressed me out. <laughs> <laughs> You're my stressor, so until you stop stressing me out, I'm not quitting. And eventually she just calmed down. I mean, she's not 100% there, but we can still have conversations. Yeah, we yeah. can still talk about the people I'm seeing, what yeah. I'm doing, the relationships I've had. Mm. You know, she don't want to be too involved, but she's involved. She want to know who I'm looking at because she keeps saying, you got to pick a nice-looking girl. I'm like, are you sure you're not a lesbian? <laughs> this one that you're trying to pick girls for me, I'm a bit confused now. But, hey, see, it shows growth. And yeah. if you guys knew my auntie, you know, she she's <laughs> a conventional, very traditional, conservative Nigerian woman. 
and to reach this point shows that with honesty and being unapologetically yourself again it's not always this is not the gospel it's not always going to go smooth sometimes your parents are just going to cut you off man yeah. if they want to be that extreme but then it's their loss if yeah, your exactly. parent is willing to completely cut all ties with you or you know treat you like like a second class human because of who you are in any way or however you identify or you know ta- i've seen people threaten to send their kids back home for getting tattoos like come yeah. on man you as know, if people in africa are not I getting know, tattoos like, come on and and it's like yeah trust enough in yourself and in your in your relationship to your parents to know like it's gonna it might be a tough ride at first but they, they will understand you know 100 believe in your source Basically, <laughs> but I did not kill my mother. Or, exactly, so you will not, not kill me. me. <laughs> I but think yeah. that's all yeah. I wanted to say to you. Right? That's you know that's been great. So I'm hoping everybody's enjoyed this episode. This is a bit more chillax, talking about what we want to do in the future. And yeah, and for those of you who don't know, Andrew Ogan is the mastermind behind the um intro music to it's a Bames Live podcast. So oh, yeah, hit him up if you want something. Any commissions. One hundred percent. But where can we find you? What are you getting up to? Um. So my Instagram is at Ogun Official. Uh, that's O G U N Official. My Twitter is the same as Ogun underscore Official. Um. More than forget my personal pages. More than anything, I I am the main organizer for Black Lives Matter in in my area, which is Gwent, uh, like in the Newport area. So BLM Gwent on Instagram, Twitter. Facebook, keep up to date. You know, we have protests coming up. We have events, book club, all of this. You can find all that out. And um, yeah, other than that, I'm just here. I'm chilling. I'm I'm in Newport, having to deal with Elliot's stress every time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm doing. I'm gonna be in London soon, actually, doing my masters, which is gonna be a struggle because I am financially irresponsible. <laughs> but as Hugely. always, hugely. As always, we move. We move. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys already know who it is. It's Messi Isi here on It's a Bames Live podcast. Hopefully, everybody's enjoyed this episode. You guys know where to find me already. It's a Bames Live podcast on all socials. And Messi Isi is my private page. And yeah, you will see me and Andrew pretty much at every protest from the Southwest. <laughs> and we're probably going to be hitting London because now that you're in London, we're infiltrating London, B. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we're, coming, we're coming to London <laughs> and taking over and making some changes. But yeah, power to the people, everybody. Make sure you use the hashtag It's a Bames Life podcast when you're listening so we know. Post it on your page. Don't be listening in silence. Some of you lot are actually DMing me, telling me that you're listening and you're not putting it on your social media and you're using the DMs to be talking some other type of language. I'm not trying to hear it. If you cannot boldly put up there yeah, that you're you putting... supporting me in private, bro? If you're trying to, you know, support me in private there and still, you know, get to know me, it's not going to happen. you got to be bold about it or it's not happening. But thank you, thank you everybody for listening and obviously till next week, stay tuned.